Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Ethan Suplee. Welcome to American Glutton. Outside of acting, my two favorite things to do are diet and eat. I have a very complicated relationship with food, and on this podcast, we're going to talk about all of it. Food as entertainment, food as sport, food as fuel. I'll talk to experts and the average person, just like you and me. Today on American Glutton, I'm joined by Stephen Kramer Glickman. Stephen is a talented actor and comedian, and I'm looking forward to talking to him about his own experiences with weight loss and health. Please enjoy. Sincerely. Stephen Kramer Glickman, welcome, welcome to American, American Glutton, Glutton Podcast. Oh, yeah! How are you, man? I'm good. I'm so happy to see you and other people in person. Yeah, it's yeah. nice, right? Yeah, this is very nice. It feels like we're breaking out of this egg that we lived in for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. An egg with a... A lot of uh, a lot of French toast in that egg. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's been <laughs> fucking rough. I've known you for years and years and years, and I never remember if we met at the gym or we met at the comedy club and then saw each other at the gym. We met at the Laugh Factory. It was you and Juliet Lewis. I was hosting the T.J. Miller stand-up show for I believe it was for Disney for Big Hero Six or for. Uh, how to train your dragon one of the two the the entire studio came out like right. the animation studio came out to come watch a stand-up show at the laugh factory i was the host uh t with tj which was so much fun yeah and you and you were there afterwards and i was like oh my god it's so cool to finally meet you like been i was i had been such a fan for such a long time but we had another connection didn't no we? uh yeah and then uh the other one was a there was another party for the launch of a cell phone that has a had a 3d camera or something right. and you were at that party and i and I, I that was the party i got to talk to you about weight loss that okay. was the one where i was like i'm trying to figure out how to do this and oh yes i remember i was actually thin at that uh i mean that cell phone party you, you were yes Thin. Yeah, thinish. I was thinish. Yeah. yeah, like you were. You're built. You're a built. Uh, but man. I. But, but that was. I remember that was like 2012 or 13. Uh -huh. Yeah, and I was 
definitely not as muscular as I am now. No, and at the time when I met you then, I weighed 387 pounds, okay. somewhere in there. And uh, it was kind of at the my highest weight. And and I asked you some advice, you know, just kind of like, you know, what you did. And you told me there was a lot of biking involved. And you told me about Eric, the trainer. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay, I'm neither of those things. <laughs> I thought it was a pill maybe or right. something. I was like, all right, well, great to meet you. And then um, where it, it all kind of came around was uh, when when we met. Uh, at the actual gym, at the gym with Eric in in like where it at, it was actually like had all kind of come together. That's right. Okay, yeah. so it was the, it was first socially mm-hmm. and then the gym. Yeah, and and the idea for me of getting a trainer and actually working out and making it it was not it did not seem like in the cards for me. Sure. Uh, like it just didn't seem like something that I would want to do. I was like, why would also it's like when, and I think you, you understand this too. It's like when you're, you know, when like, if you go up and wait and you're on a TV show and they just bring you bigger pants. Yeah. And bigger shirts and they keep feeding you and you keep getting laid because you're on a TV show, like mm-hmm. then, you know, why would you want to lose weight? What's the right. what's the real point? Unless you're feeling some sort of health concern, like there's really no reason. And I hadn't had any sort of real health issues that steered me towards it. And it it definitely uh once that happened, once there was a health concern, once I started getting worried about myself and like feeling it like walking around and going places and stuff getting winded you know and stuff like you know that's when i was like okay all right there's something going on here yeah i i definitely had many years where the only time i ever thought about my weight was you know every time you start a new job you got to get sizes and the first thing they say is like, give us your sizes, you know, then the, then you have to go in and they actually measure because when are we ever actually right? Right. <laughs> right. But every time, but you try, you t- hold the tape measure where you think it's going to go and you send the wardrobe people your sizes. And for sure, every single job, my sizes were increasing and I would go like, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't feel good. Like. The, that that number went up a lot and and but other than that everything you said i can relate to which is like then i don't think about it then all my clothes are provided by wardrobe and and yeah. there's food everywhere and and girls are giving me attention and like what what do i have to lose weight I, for i really i mean like during I, I was on the show big time rush for like five years and you know when i started that show I I don't remember. I think I I owned like a pair of jeans and a couple t-shirts and a pair of sneakers I bought at like Payless. Like I I really had very little in my wardrobe or financially. I was living in a in you know some crappy apartment somewhere and I was living in Northridge with three other guys. Like I was just, you know, barely scraping by. And so then getting that show suddenly you have more money than you know what to do with. And then they're letting you take clothes home. And then, you know, like before I knew it, I was a size 56, you know, jeans. And I was like, you know, 
it didn't really concern me because I was making a living being this big person and it and there was no one like making fun of me or hurting my feelings like there was no like reason there it didn't feel like there was a reason to lose weight and i and honestly i felt like if i did lose weight i probably would lose a chunk of my career like i was afraid that like if i were to you know lose a bunch of weight it would just ruin me yeah and, uh, i had that too yeah. and then i definitely reinforced that by noticing jobs go away when I got thin. Like I, I don't consider myself thin now, but I, when I think back to 2012 and being 40, 50 pounds lighter than I am now, I, I was legitimately thin, like gaunt, thin guy. And, and it just was like hard to work. And so I then at some point went like, ah, I'm going to gain weight. And I gained weight and started working again. So those, I, those, and whether the thought manifests the reality or you know you're suspicious of what the truth is and then it's borne out through living through it i don't know which is which yeah. if i created that for myself or what but it but that was objectively true to some degree yeah people liked me as a big guy i always had fat envy of people and i just did kevin smith's podcast and talked about this but like if i look at jack black who will joyfully take his shirt off and I look at his round belly and his perfect head of hair, right. and I'm like, why couldn't I have been that fat guy? Right. You know what I mean? Why Why was I, why, his body to me looks perfect, and I never had that. I had the body that was like mortifying, that had to be covered up and like couldn't be exposed. I could never take my shirt off in front. I still can't take my shirt off in front of people. I'm, I'm there with you. You know what? One of the... One of the things that 100% changed my career and and made it, it it's made a, it made a huge difference is I played uh, a- Adam Devine's boyfriend in an episode of Workaholics and I had to strip naked to just my underwear and like walk walk around with everything hanging out and crawl into bed with him and cuddle him and try to try to have sex with him and right. and then I try to have sex with all of his friends and stuff. And uh, it was really, really, it was very scary. Yeah. It was a very scary feeling, but I was like, I know it's safe because I, I'm on a comedy show on Comedy Central and I'm and I'm doing something that like, you know, I, I had been working out and stuff too, but I was still, I was still easily still right around 300 pounds. So, right. you know, I was like, I was like, ooh, this is uh, nerve wracking. Um, and I, I've had a couple of times where I've gone in for stuff, you know, over the years where I've gotten either very close or, or been cast or whatever, where I'm going to be completely like basically completely naked or just in my underwear. And I'm like, I just have to keep do I have, I have to keep remembering that it's like, it's okay. This is what I look like. There are other people in the world that look like me. Yeah. I'm not alone in that. And that's okay. And, you know, try to reinforce it. But you know, it's it was scary though. That was a scary Dude, time, man. Fucking terrifying. I get it with Jack Black. A hundred percent. He's beautiful. He's got this cher- cherubic cherubic. Is that a word? Sure. I don't know. 
know, something like that. Is it? It is. I don't know. I say yes. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's not, it communicates something to me. So what fucking difference? Absolutely. With yeah. the round face and the hair. I always felt like if I had long hair, then I would work a lot more. And I'm like, right. I'm I'm <laughs> bald. I'm very bald. I'm never not going to be bald. Like, that's just how it is. Yeah. You know? Same. It, it, it's always something. But and I, and I and then I get into like some kind of philosophical debate with myself about it's all bullshit. Right. You know, I yeah. I imagine like I look at you and go, you probably look great with your shirt off. Those oh. scenes probably were incredible. And so funny. And then I wonder if once you did it, how long did it take before you felt comfortable? And I know if you only do it once, the next time is going to be less uncomfortable, but still uncomfortable. But if you just fucking like I really go like. If you just start doing that, if I just started walking around outside with my shirt off, the first time's going to suck. The second time might suck, but a little less. And then eventually, who gives a shit? Yeah. And not to like be one of those people who's like, oh, I'm I was only comfortable with it because I have a girlfriend. But, man, it definitely helped sure. knowing that I'm I'm not going home to nobody at the end of the night. That, right. like, that, like, there is someone who is attracted to me and I'm and I think they're gorgeous. And and like that made me feel a little more comfortable to be like, well, as long as she doesn't leave me for doing this, yeah. then I'll be then it'll be OK. But then I, I really did. What was fun with that was uh, with workaholics was then being like, oh, I'm I'm like I'm a bear. Right. And to the the gay male community, like I was I was getting hit up nonstop, which was really you were getting objectified. I was getting objectified. And there's a couple. And then every and then, of course, uh, which is hysterical, is like, you know, on uh, TikTok, on the app TikTok, uh, some kid found the video the 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 episode and filmed it on their phone and posted it and it did like millions of views of right. them just laughing that it was like me showing up you know and and it was uh it was hilarious and then fun and it's like another another time where like you're seeing it being celebrated instead of you know yeah. being it being made fun of for it yeah but, yeah yeah, it's weird. It's a wild, it's a wild thing. And it's all just what we consider to be true or what we consider to be embarrassing or so it's all just thought. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Have you taken your shirt off for uh, anything on TV or film? I did a photo shoot late 90s that involved a lot of drugs for a now defunct magazine at a place called Splash, which used to be on, I think, Beverly, which was like a weird sex place where you could rent a room and it had a hot tub and all the rooms were themed. And we did a photo shoot in there. You know, they have all like fake rocks on the wall. Anyway, I'm sure the health department shut this place down, but I did a photo shoot wow. without my shirt on uh i can't believe i'm saying this because somebody could go find it and then it would really crush my soul <laughs> yeah. um one time i've never I, I i did uh for the wolf of wall street oh my god we all everybody in the movie had to sign a nudity thing and it was the clause was you will be naked not like you got to take your shirt off you will be naked because there's multiple orgy scenes and when my agent said that to me, I was like, yeah, okay. And my agent was like, no, they're very serious about this. And I said, yeah, okay. 
And then my lawyer called me and was like, we want to reiterate how serious they are about this nudity clause. And I was like, yeah, okay. And they were like, you won't take your shirt off for anything, but you're saying yes to a nudity clause. And I was like, it's Scorsese. If I'm going to get naked for anyone, it's Scorsese. I'll get scared. But then when it came down to it, the day of... I fucking panicked and started pitching different ideas. Like, (laughs) here are all the reasons why I should have my clothes on. And he was cool with one of them. So in the middle of this orgy scene, you get to me. And I think we shot it like three different ways. One of them, I'm playing cards with another dude. And one of them, I'm asleep. But in all of the iterations, I have my clothes on. And it was such a wonderful victory. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, they didn't they didn't fight me real hard on it. I mean, they must they either Scorsese really liked my ideas or he looked at me and he was like, "Yeah, we don't need you making a new OG scene." <laughs> you had a you had a hell of a, a group of guys too. Henry Zabrowski oh, was is, a, is such a great guy. Just stark raving naked and what a beautiful <laughs> body he had. Like I looked at him and I was like, "If I could just have your body, I would be comfortable doing this." He's he's uh, in, an insane person. He's yeah. amazingly talented. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. So PJ funny. Bur- had I some kind of a thong on, you know, or a Merkin thong? I I don't know. There were great, great dudes who all took their clothes off. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But not me. I I (laughs) kind of half regret not doing it, but I think what what I wound up doing was funny. Absolutely. I mean, you're, you're, you were, that's, you were in a huge movie. That's a huge movie. I mean, you were in a lot of huge movies, but that was a really, you know, Scorsese. Scorsese is extraordinary. It's definitely a feather in the cap. You know, it's so funny when you said Kevin Smith, um, I, my brain, uh, did not match you up with you. Uh, from from uh mall rats right. like that that's such a e- extraordinary uh jump that you made in it really and it, it inspired a lot from a lot of people i mean that that weight loss was like yeah incredibly inspiring man yeah and that was even like mall rats i was very overweight but i got so much more overweight in the f- few years after Mallrats, like Mallrats was 96. I didn't really start dieting until 2002. And I easily put on 150 pounds from Mallrats. What about American History X? Or how, what, was that the big, was that your biggest or was it? No, the biggest I ever was on film was a movie that was going to be so awesome. And then just wasn't so awesome called the first 20 million is always the hardest which was John Favreau wrote the script. It was this amazing script, which like in the process of shooting, they went, this can't be R rated. It has to be PG 13. And they completely changed it as we were shooting it and just made it suck. Ah, shit. It was also early two thousands when there was a lot of tech stuff happening and everything techie in the movie then was like out of date before the movie came out. You you know, one of those weird things. Yeah. So, but that was the heaviest I ever was. And I started dieting right after that. Yeah. When I was doing a big time movie for Nickelodeon in the mountains of Canada, we were in, um, uh, in Victoria and we were out in the middle of the mountains and I was, my blood sugar was having 
horrible problems. And so they put me on uh, some pills and stuff to try to take my blood sugar down. And Metformin? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oof, this is all kinds of bad news. And uh, my grandfather had had diabetes and um, they were like, you're pre-diabetic. And I was th- maybe 385 pounds, somewhere in there. And uh, I I talked to my mom. Uh, I was sitting in my trailer in the middle of the forest in like Victoria. And I'm sitting in this – uh, in this trailer in the forest surrounded by trees and I'm talking to her on the phone and I'm like, you know, I'm just, this is a hundred percent true. And I was like, I was like, you know, it just sucks. I have to take these pills. And she was like, I'm so disappointed. Like you really should be taking better care of yourself. And I was like, I'm an adult. I'm a man. And if this is how I want to look, this is how I'm going to look. And I'm a professional. I'm we're, I'm a working actor. Like, you know, I don't, I don't have time for dieting and whatever. And like, and I was like, you know, I'll, I'm just like, you know, this conversation, you know, when there's a sign to tell me that I should be losing weight, then I will. I was really hard on her. And um, I was very defensive and I hung up the phone and I was sitting there in my in the trailer. We had a fake fireplace, a little plastic fireplace in the trailer. And I was sitting there and I was like, you know, tell me what to do. And duh, duh, I'm an adult man. You don't tell me I'll do whatever I want. And while I was standing, sitting there doing this. Uh, I, I saw the, the ref, in my, ref, my re, reflection of my glasses I was wearing, I could just see the crackling of the fire in the fireplace. And then, uh, it started, it started smelling weird. And I looked over at the fake plastic fireplace and it was on actual fire oh. in the trailer. There were flames coming out of the plastic fire. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, my God. And I grabbed my computer and I grabbed my costume and I opened the door to my trailer and I was like, help. My fireplace is on fire. <laughs> and this this PA guy was like, oh, give it a break. And he turned and looked and he went, oh, my God, get out of there. And I, I jumped out of my trailer and the entire trailer went up in flames. Oh, my God. In the middle of the fort. I mean, the whole thing just went up in a blaze and the whole cast came out and was like oh my god everyone was watching my trailer burn and then the fire truck you know quickly came in and and put it out and uh i was like okay that's the sign that's the sign and uh i i told my mom i was like i I will get better i'll get healthier and uh what a fucking call to get seriously by the way i said there will be a sign (laughs) yeah there was a sign you were right it was fire and it happened right after i got off the phone with her uh and uh I, I mentioned it to James Maslow and I was like, I know that you have a trainer. I know you work out with someone. He was like, his name is Eric the trainer. And I was like, oh, that's the same guy that Ethan had told me about a you know, few years prior. And I was like, all right. And so I called Eric and I was like, look, I'm a big fat guy. I don't know how I'm going to lose this weight, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, don't worry about it, bro. I got you. When you come back, it's going to be great. I'm going to do this. It's going to be so awesome. And I was like, this guy is... <laughs> This guy's way too nice. Yeah. I was like, this has got to be some kind of trick. And uh, I went back. I got on Sunfair, the food delivery uh, program. Sure. And uh, started working out with Eric. And I worked out with him about five days a week. And in eight months, I dropped 125 pounds. It's insane. 
insane changed my entire my metabolism uh everything everything about my body changed and uh i got down to like 200 and i don't know 200 and something and then uh over like uh i i got invited on the ricky lake show and brought eric with me to like talk about weight loss and it was really fun and sweet and then i have since then put back on about 30 to 40 pounds over the over the last uh I mean, that's seven years, over seven or eight years I've put back on about 30 or 40 pounds. So now I'm right – I'm sitting right at around 300. And I'm like – I'm like just during quarantine, since April 1st, I've lost 15 pounds. It's incredible. But that it's been – completely like it's not been working out it's just been like not eating garbage and also not eating late has been a thing like having dinner at like eight eight o'clock nine o'clock yeah and then just being kind of done you know with it for the rest of the night don't go anywhere we'll be right back quarantine has been such a strange time because coming into it i was like i'm gonna have so much time to just do the things that I don't have time to do, which has been totally not true. I've had so much less time since quarantine. I also have a bunch of kids who all came home from their schools in different states. And it's been like, so I have those reasons, but quarantine has been a tougher time to just stay on my normal route, just to hold on to my normal routine. Um, which I wanted it to be like, oh, this is going to be uh, a, a, a well, you know, we initially thought it was, I thought it was going to be two weeks and it's been yeah. quite a bit more than that. But I was like, this is, I'm going to get everything done. And it's, it's proven to be quite a bit harder. And, uh, and I, and I get envious of people who get to like binge watch TV shows. Cause I've done none of that. Oh man. Um, but I'm almost relieved because that's my favorite time to eat is sitting watching television, you know? <laughs> yes, of course. Um, yeah. But that's fucking amazing that you've taken off 15 pounds at a time where it's just like, stay home, do nothing. Well, you know, it it definitely, a lot of it has to do with my girlfriend. She um, has been like kind of in the morning or whenever we wake up. (laughs) I don't know if morning still exists anymore. I don't know if time exists anymore. Uh, But whenever we wake up, like, breakfast is like number one you know eggs and you know turkey sausage and things like that like have like some i've been having like a big breakfast and uh not super carb heavy but like a breakfast that's you know in like a real intense good breakfast yeah and then that's helped a lot so that way i'm not waiting all because you know when because sometimes you wait you just sit around and you wait and then with postmates and things like this you can just order what anything and at any time yeah um but yeah i've been i've been trying to make a bit of an effort during the quarantine to kind of not uh eat myself out of house and home yeah too, you're you know? killing it that's awesome yeah. G- going back to the big chunk of weight that you lost yeah and i the only time i ever had anybody mention my weight in in a in a roundabout way to me was the producers of boy meets world between season one and season two said to my agents 
he doesn't have to gain weight for this, which, wow. which I certainly wasn't doing intentionally, but apparently it was noticeable to someone. And so my agents okay. say, hey, the producers say you don't have to gain weight for this. And I go, okay. And change nothing because they didn't say I had to lose weight. Sure. Um, and I just continued, I guess, to gain weight. But it was a weird thing about being a 17-year-old kid who suddenly has money and that money largely got spent at drive throughs around Los Angeles. Sure. Um, when I finally did lose weight in an extreme way, I felt the effects. Now, this is over the course of 12 years. But when I when – the last two years, it went from being – having taken 100 pounds off to having taken 250 pounds off. And, and there I noticed – like, oh, people don't know me anymore. Did you get any of that? Um, I, you know, when I lost the 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 weight, I lost it between seasons. Right. And when I came back for season three, um, the creator of the show was not particularly happy. Um, he wasn't. He couldn't outwardly say that he was upset with me that I had lost weight. I'm sure he he was happy that you know I had, I was healthier. Right. But um, there was a big concern that like fat is funny. You're playing this character. If you're not fat, then who are you? So they started padding me up and putting me not in in pads, but actually like layers. So the first episode of the third season, I'm wearing a hoodie, a vest, a t-shirt and some other big thing on my body that is in a padded, like fluffy vest, you know, one of those big giant vests. And, uh, it was ridiculous. And, I made it known to them that I was like, I'm not going to lose a bunch of weight and then have you guys pretend like I didn't lose a bunch of weight. And um, they wrote it into the script that one of the characters would say looking good or something like this to me as like the way to cover it, you know, but they, the, the network, the Nickelodeon network definitely felt like there was, it needed to be addressed that I'd been I looked significantly different between the two seasons. Um, and then they were not pleased that all the clothes that they had made for me for the season prior uh, would not fit me anymore. The suits, everything else, everything had to had to go. And um, uh, you know, like pajamas that were, you know, six XL. You know, <laughs> they're like it's like sorry, guys. They like handmade six XL pajamas for me, and it was like I'm a two XL now, guys. Yeah. Can't can't do anything with that. And you know, that was kind of like frustrating for their costume department. Um, luckily, I kept a lot of those uh pieces, and sometimes I'll throw them on just to kind of remind myself that like I was heavier and bigger at, at, a, at another time. But yeah, um, but yeah, it uh. Yeah, it it definitely what my my manager at the time was like a little uncomfortable like uncomfortable with the weight loss. Other per- industry professional people were like I don't I don't know what you're going to play now and I did not get seen for a lot of stuff, you know, during that time like it definitely 
it definitely had had some negative effects to my uh to my career but i really um don't give a shit yeah like i couldn't i like if other other people had a problem with it that was their problem you know like i i was so happy to just you know feel healthy and feel better than i than i had yeah you know it felt like i was carrying a, a lot of weight emotionally and physically with me and so you know shedding some of that was was great and having people in your corner that were like you know trying to stay healthy and trying to do healthy things like i've never gotten to the point that i'd like to be right. like i've never gotten so so small uh that it was like being stopped on the you know people where people stop recognizing you like i haven't hit that point but i would like to at some point i'd like to see what that looks like i just haven't figured figured out the uh yeah it be, pathway it becomes really weird because uh you know you want to get into like for me i there's all the metrics of like where am i comfortable where where does like medicine and science say i'm healthiest and when I was doing roughly eight hours of cardio a day. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Which is a fucking shitload of cardio, riding a bicycle like I was an actual professional cyclist, and I got down to close to 200 pounds on the BMI scale, I was still overweight. I, I was the exact same body fat percentage that I am now and 40 to 50 pounds lighter, but still overweight. Now, technically, I'm obese right now on that scale. So I go like, what the fuck do these guys know? You know what I mean? Like right. what I'm, I'm, t I'm taller than the average on that scale. And I have more muscle than the average on that scale. So yeah. that puts me into this category and I can't do anything about it. And when I crushed myself to get actually thin, I still didn't fit their scale. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I, I went and saw, uh, this guy, Dr. Heisenga, who was the doctor on the biggest loser. He's like a sports nutrition medicine guy. 
And when he initially saw me at that time, I was like 230. He was like, oh, no, you're really overweight. We're going to put you on a diet. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I've been, okay, that's just what you're saying. And then he put me through a DEXA scan. And this is almost 10 years ago. And, and I came out of it and he read the chart, had me do the DEXA scan again, came back and he was like, no, you don't need to lose weight at all. You're perfectly fine. You're very healthy. And I was like, couldn't you just look at me and tell me that? You're just right. reading numbers. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, and I since have a good relationship with him. He's a really good guy. But he was just going based on like the BMI scale says you need to be here. And uh, and at some point that all falls apart. But like it does. It does. Because we're not we're not numbers, you right. know, like and and um, certain people look better at different weights. Like my, my best friend is real thin. The guy, the guy eats a dozen donuts in a sitting and he's can't put on any weight. And, you know, he, he's like, you know, like anybody that anyone that checked him out would be like, this guy needs to gain weight to look, to look better. But he would look weird like he's looked the same way. He's you know, almost fifty years old. The guys look the same way his entire life. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna change the metaphysical makeup of a human being. Like if someone's supposed to look a certain way, if someone's supposed to be broad chested and big and and intimidating looking, no matter how much weight they lose or gain, they're always gonna still retain some of that. Like that's just human nature yeah i think right i think so and then i go at there's also the point of like what you want for yourself and where you're comfortable i wasn't comfortable 50 pounds lighter than i am now i i truly didn't know i i didn't know who i was i didn't feel comfortable i felt like a light breeze could knock me over and 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 everything about that i was like that what is this i'm not comfortable I'm extremely comfortable now. Yeah. And you look great. And I just go like, well, this is around where I want to be. Like, can I lose 15 pounds and see the little abs on my ribs? I'd like that, but for a day and then I'll go back to around here. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's like, right. that's the game I'm playing now, but it is really about where I'm comfortable. And like to, to, to what you said, to your point, it's like, I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I've had comments recently on social media posts that are like, you're still fat and here's all the reasons you're still fat. <laughs> oh and God. I go like, okay, I, I'm not going to ever win you. That no. dude is not ever going to like, I can't do anything for that dude. No, of course. You not, know, yeah. and then there are other people who say, who say stuff like, you're not funny anymore. And it's like, well, you haven't seen me try to be funny, so I don't know how you know that. But if you just oh. were laughing because I'm fat, I can't do anything about that either. Oh, social, social media, too, is such a yeah, – the the thing that I enjoy the most about social media is that you can just block people yeah, so willy-nilly whenever you want to and just delete people out of the universe. Because that's basically what you're doing. You're just going, you don't exist in the universe and yeah. just, just making people vain vanish left and right and anytime i post anything that's like at all political and i'm not a political person at all i mean i'm, I'm a canadian you know i have <laughs> no right to be political about anything but anytime i i do you know have any sort of like opinion about something like that 
I I will always uh, end up attracting a bunch of angry people. Yeah. And then I can just go, oh, um, all right. Either the, I agree with this person's, you know, stuff or they or I don't or whatever. But if they're like rude and, and like hateful or they're like bullying or being really, you know, awful to me, I can just be like block, 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 yeah. block. You know, and it's like. Great. I don't I don't need to have those people around if they're going to be, you know, rude and awful to me, yeah. you know. Politics is a real strange thing because kind of no matter what your idea is, sure. somebody's going to be highly offended by of it. Of course. Of know? course. Of course. And like, you know, as a comedian, sometimes you have moments or jokes or things that you know, you you try to make a point or whatever. Like in my, I just had this album come out in March, uh, uh, where called Voices in My Head, and it's my first big album, like with a big record label. And uh, in the album, I made fun of uh, George W. Bush, President Obama, uh, Donald Trump. Um, Bernie Sanders and Bill Clinton. I do all. I do impressions of all five of them. Right. And um, so you're, I mean, that's to me. I go. That's the safest way to do it. Yeah. Do all of them. Yeah. Because then the people that love Trump think it's hilarious that you're making fun of you know Bill Clinton, and the people who hate Donald Trump think it's hilarious because you're making fun of him and 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 W and like it's really it was a really fun way of doing it. Um, and Stormy Daniels came to the to the taping and sat in the audience, which is super uh, fun and bizarre. Yeah. But after it's come out, you know, you watch people on my I like I posted clips of it on my social media and watched people get pissed off at me for all sorts of different reasons. And you're like, come on, like what? A, I can't please everybody. I can't please everybody about my weight. I sure as hell can't please everybody about politics. Like, you know, then what's the point? Yeah. You what's know, just, the point? Yeah. Just enjoy your life. Yeah. I also go like, I certainly don't need everybody to agree with me. Like I'm not like whatever universe we're in. Cause I love the analogy of like, you no longer exist in the universe. You <laughs> right. are banned. Yeah. And there are certainly tons of people who get that. Also, like I want to be in a place where it's like, here's a lot, here's a whole bunch of ideas and here's people advocating for what they've found workable. And like, that's great. Cause I, I love to learn things from different people. You know what I mean? I don't think there's anything. I think it gets into like your ideas harmful. Yeah. It's, it's only the only time I feel like I need to block people is if like I, I am like if they have a difference of opinion than me, that's one thing. But if it's like racist behavior and it's no, showing man. up on my on my Instagram, like it's it's, yeah. it's gone. Like with the with the guy who just who just was killed by the by the cops and the thing and that whole thing. I posted something about it and. Um, just in support and, sure. and, uh, uh, there were a, a few racist comments that popped up and I was just like, I, I have to get rid of these people. Like, I don't want these people following my stuff or, or staying in touch with me or, yeah. or, you know, or, or which could be tricky too. It's like, I do Instagram lives and bring people on live with me. And it's like, if they follow me and they're saying racist things, yeah, no, then I bring them on a live by accident. And then suddenly, you know, it's just all hell breaks loose. Like I, I got to be so careful. With yeah. That stuff. I, and I think there's a difference between 
somebody advocating an idea that's workable where sure. you, where you look at politics and you go like this team i think largely and i think about this i think it's kind of the same thing with diets because there's a lot of that within the diet industry of like oh, yeah. gluten is bad for everyone <laughs> right and it's like well the italians seem to be okay i know they took coronavirus pretty hard but like for the most part they're pretty healthy. You go over there, yeah. not a lot of overweight Italians from, they, from they my seem memories They to be having Italy, a great time. They're, they're very happy. Yeah. They kiss each other a lot. Like, yeah. that's fun. <laughs> so how could it be bad for everyone? And then there's, like, my wife has friends who it's, who is like, like, you can't tell people to eat that because you're poisoning them. And I go, like, well, it's not poisoning me. I'm like, I'm alive. I'm just really saying what's worked for me. I'm not saying anybody else should do this. Hey, I mean, people go like everyone is like Fabio, uh, you know, Fabio, the supermodel. Yeah. Him and me have lunch together when he is in town. Come on. Oh, we've been friends for, I thought I, I thought you knew that. I didn't know that. We've been friends for like uh, almost 20 years. Really? And uh, we, we're very, very close and weird, weird friends because he's you know jacked you know yeah and like we were we, we were sitting at lunch one time and i ordered a cheese plate for us to share and he said uh steven i don't eat cheese i've never had cheese in my whole life i'm not <laughs> going to try right now and i was like i was like fabio just have just have like a, a couple little pieces he was like steven everyone knows that cheese is bad for everyone it is right. not good milk is not for eating it is only for cows it's not allowed and also it is kind of a gay it's for gay people <laughs> and i was like what are you talking about and he was like you know how they make a cheese they squeeze they squeeze it until it come out and i was like that's how you think cheese is made right. from a cow's from a cow's dick. What are you talking? That's not at all at all how that works, dude. Right. And uh, and and we had a very long discussion about about the semantics of cows and bulls and where milk. I mean, the guy is a fucking lunatic. Um, but but it. I mean, it it really inspired conversations between friends where you're like. Oh, people, people truly believe that milk is poison, poisonous. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, but ice cream is amazing. Right. And like, so what do you, yogurt, people eat yogurt all the time. Like, like, no, it's not, it's probably not poisonous. Right. Like it's maybe, maybe we shouldn't be having it, but that's not to say that it's like horrifying for you. I mean, I'm not. I'm not currently eating ice cream, but uh, but like other people, other people eat ice cream. People go to the Baskin Robbins all the time. Yeah, they're not dead. I yeah. just don't understand. It's so funny because my wife, Ugh. when I first got together with her, she was like, "I don't allow milk in the house." Cheese wasn't so bad, but cow's milk was banned, and it took about 15 years to come to find out that she's just lactose intolerant. And that's why cow's milk, we've never had it. Like, we had almond milk, and now we, there's all kinds of fucking milks, oats and nuts and macadamia, oh, yeah. coconut and all. You can make milk out of anything. But at the time, I think it was rice milk 15, 20 years ago that was a big Ugh. thing. But she had this thing of, like, no, milk is bad. And, like, I 
was so fat and grew up and I was just like, I'll defer to you, whatever you <laughs> yeah, say. Yeah, whatever you think is like, probably the right move. Yeah, I'm probably going to go sneak <laughs> a glass of milk every now and again because I, I do shit like that. But like, if you yeah. don't want milk in the house, that's totally fine. And now I bust her chops about it because she's just lactose intolerant. Certainly there are celiacs and gluten can be sure. act like poison to a celiac. But like that's a very small percentage of people, you know, yeah. and and OK, if all you're eating is pasta, uh -huh. maybe that's not a healthy diet. Fine. That's perfectly fine. But, yeah. you know, there was a lectins are bad and nightshades are bad. And like there's these like tribes of people who are like, you have to be this and you have to do this. And this is the only thing. And at the end of the day, I go like, what worked for you? Advocate from that position. Here's what worked for me. Don't advocate from the position that it's like universally true that it's the only way or that it's the best way or whatever your thing is. Just tell me what worked for you because I'm interested in that. And I think yeah. that's the same thing with politics. It's like mm -hmm. you want to tell me socialism is the be all end all. Just tell me how it benefited you or how you've observed it to benefit people or sure. what you like about it. You know what I mean? Or um, – capitalism is the be all end all. Just tell me your, like your experience. That's what I'm interested in. And when you tell me your experience, I will acknowledge that and recognize your truth in that, but sure. don't try to make it my truth. Yeah. You have to be, um, uh, you have to, to live with empathy and listen to other people and try to understand where other people are coming from, whether it is, uh, for politics or for weight loss or for any religion, any, anything like the more that you can, you know, l you know, live with empathy and, and, and like try to listen to the rest of the world. It, it sure as hell makes things easier because, yeah. because, uh, just deciding that people are wrong and cutting them out of your life because they have a difference of opinion or of different political view or this or that. It's like, you can have conversations with people and people, people can change. Yeah. Like, you know, like if, if it is an important, if it's an important enough thing that they need to, that a person's opinion needs to change to keep them in your life, like try to, you know, work on it, work with them on it because if, because relationships are important, you don't want to lose, you know, lose out on people because, you know, uh, you have a difference of opinion and, and, and something. Yeah. Know? But I also like when you say like the delete button is necessary. Oh yeah. Because you make a post saying something in support of something, and then you get a bunch of shitty comments. There are also going to be just mean spirited people who aren't necessarily trying to help or advocating their ideas. They're just trying to oh, shit diarrhea on your parade yeah no 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 no. i mean personally if it's like one-to-one -one personal relationships that you're you know like your uncle is like a, a big fan or supporter of someone that you're not a fan or supporter of like you can have conversations with people and try to bring people around to to either around to your way or to be able to understand why they like you know things the way they do but but uh when it comes to the internet i don't like, I, you know, I try I try to, like, have uh, respect for my fan base on on the sorry, I knocked into the microphone. Um, I try to have respect for my fan base that I have. Uh, but if um, if people are 
uh, rude or or shitty. Like um, a, a friend of mine passed away a, a little while ago, um, and it was I was very sad. And I posted a picture of them on my Instagram, and the first comment was, "When is Big Time Rush coming back?" Ooh. And I I blocked that person <laughs> immediately, and it was like. That person may not speak English. Like that person may may be from uh, Mongolia and is like a fan from Mongolia. That's a possibility. But I but I don't need to have that in my yeah. in my uh, life. Like Instagram I'm just like, also does a good translate. So fuck that person. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I don't need to. I don't need to like deal with fans that are not respectful of my actual life of who I am as a human being. Um, however, I have to tell you this because, uh, you will truly appreciate this. When I got together with my girlfriend, she said, um, uh, that I should stop eating red meat okay. because red meat was, I was not, it, it just seemed like I wasn't handling it well. I was getting stomach aches or whatever, for whatever reason she thought that, that I should stop eating red meat. So, uh, so I did stopped eating it. And then a uh, couple of years later, uh, I've been with her for eight years. So like a couple of years go by and uh, someone offered me a steak at a, at a party or something. And I had it and I was like, oh, my God, this is so good, you know. Uh, and then I told her and she was like, you're not supposed to have red meat. And I was like, oh, OK, all right. So I stopped again for like a while. And then uh, one big night I was doing um, my podcast, the nighttime show. We yeah. were doing it live. We had Lisa Loeb on the show and she sang Stay on it, you know, which wow. is oh, so cool. Live on stage in front of 200 people. Such a cool night. Big, big fun night. And uh, after it was over, we were like, let's go celebrate. And me and the, the other guys I do the show with, we're, we were like, let's go to this place, Pacific Dining Car. The best. So great, right? So we're like, yeah, go to Pacific Dining Car. And on this specific night, it was if, – if you buy something, whatever you buy, you get an additional one for free. Free. Wow. It, because it was like the anniversary of the place of Pacific Dining Car. So we go down there and I order a 16 ounce steak with potatoes and uh, a big thing of broccoli. And I'm, and then they're like, uh, we're going we're gonna to give you another 16 ounce steak with potatoes and broccoli to take home. I was like, oh, that's so great. Right. So I eat my 16 ounce steak. And this is the first steak I've had in years. Right. Like years, like three or four years at this point. I had not had steak. So I eat the entire 16 ounce steak and I'm, I'm still hungry. And the second 16 ounce steak arrives and I'm like, Maybe I'll just have like a little bit. I ended up finishing off the second 16 ounce steak. Wow. At the so that's 32 ounces of steak that I, I'd eaten after not having steak for quite a long time. And um I was fine. I was totally fine. Yeah. I go home, feel great. I get into bed with my girlfriend, go to sleep, totally fine. Middle of the night. The 32 ounces of steak turned into what only I can describe as a meat sword <laughs> that started carving through the inside of my body, like for revenge. Yeah. Like it was just cutting through me and I I am in horrible pain. I'm sweating my 
dripping sweat. I'm having meat sweats and I'm like, I'm a mess. Right. And so I wake her up at like three in the morning and I'm like, we have to go to urgent care or some sort of hospital because I feel like I'm going to die. Like, this is just the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I get, (laughs) she takes me in the middle of the night to uh, like an urgent care and we sit down. I make her sit in the waiting room. I go in, I see the doctor and I was like, I'm in so much pain and I I made a terrible choice. And he was like, what, uh, what did you eat tonight? And I was like, I had a, a 16 ounce steak and then I had another 16 ounce steak and he was like, over what time period did this happen? And I was like, 22 minutes. <laughs> and he was like, oh, my God, you're going to die. <laughs> he was like, oh, oh, no. And uh, he gave me a pill and um, told me, like, to just stop eating. He told me to stop eating like an idiot right. is the way, the way that he described it. And... um and then uh, the the best part was is uh, I was like, hey, uh, this is like a side note, but I was like, hey, can I ask you a favor? Can um, just because I'm in so much pain, I was like, can we bring my girlfriend in? And will you tell her that the reason I'm in so much pain is because I'm pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just to fuck with her, you yeah. know? <laughs> like, and he was like, he was like, I don't. I don't normally do jokes, but like I'll do it for you. Like it's okay, whatever. Very nice guy. Brings her in, just deadpan, super serious. And he's like, this is a hundred percent real. He goes, uh, Rachel, I have examined your boyfriend, and I can tell you now, without a shadow of the a doubt, the reason he is in so much pain in his stomach is because a man have sex with him and now he is a pregnant man. <laughs> and she was like, what the fuck is going on right now? And uh, and then he was like, I am a joking. And she was like, I'm not having sex with you for a month. And that was, uh, yeah. And then I, I didn't get laid for a month, but it was worth it. But like that is a good reason to not eat red meat. Yeah, like to I, not have sex felt, for a month. Well, I mean, if it leads to hospital trips and no, pains no. and meat sores Oh, my everything. God, dude. It, I stopped eating. I didn't have red meat again for probably a year or two. And then and then just recently, within the last year and a half, I've been like, okay. But you, I, you limit it to, I have, to one pound at a time. Yes. I go one ounce, a couple ounces, right. little small steak yeah. is more than enough for me. Um, I never want to have to feel that kind of pain again. But, you know, like, you know, when your appetite is, you know, when you have your stomach is big enough, like anything, you have the appetite for fucking anything like and you have to curb that appetite in different ways. I mean, like the amount of times that like, you know, over the years where I would order a pizza and it's like, I could just eat the whole pizza. Sure. And I'm like, but you can't eat the whole pizza. You shouldn't eat the whole pizza. Right. And so, like, training yourself by maybe having, like, two slices of pizza and being like, that's it. That's all the pizza that I that I get to eat. And putting the rest, you know, away for later. Like, that's, like, really a tricky part of this of of the the journey because your body and your mind tells you you're still hungry. Yeah. Even when... 
No, it's work. Yeah. It's actual yeah. work. It's diligence and work to do that. To, if you, you, Yeah. No, I think you're totally right. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. Stephen Kramer Glickman, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my God. Thanks for having me. I truly appreciate getting to, to chat with you. This and, was awesome. Yeah, you know, you're cool. You're so cool. You Thanks, too. bud. Thank you. Now for the Q&A. This question comes from Becky. I have heard you mention carb cycling on the podcast. What is carb cycling and why would this be advantageous in a nutrition fitness plan? Thank you for your question, Becky. Carb cycling is basically taking the the principles of the high fat and low fat diets and kind of going back and forth. So the high fat days, you are low carb and you go through a few carbs and you fully deplete your system of glycogen. You switch back and you go low fat but high carb for a couple of days and you replenish your stores of, of glycogen. I have only ever really done that when I was riding bicycles a lot. And I basically was low carb, but if I had a really, really big ride, and I mean like over a hundred miles with a lot of climbing up mountains, I planned for the next day, I would eat some carbohydrates the night before just because I would feel like total crap in the middle of that ride if I, if, if I didn't do that. And, but for the most part, I was still very low carb. And so what happens is eventually you just utterly deplete that stored glycogen and your body's either going to start using ketones or break down protein and turn that into glycogen. And your body's kind of like a smart machine where it's going to figure it out, or you're just going to get tired and not feel great. So I think that that's just uh, another version of a diet. I have heard some bodybuilders talk about um, carb cycling in terms of your body not being able to figure out what you're doing to it. So if you are on a diet that you're not changing and you're not changing your routine, it is possible for your diet, your body to start gaming what you're doing and going like, well... You're withholding energy, so we're going to figure out ways to withhold energy expenditure. And um, and maybe your weight loss slows. And from what I've been told, I haven't read a lot of data, but I ha have had conversations about it. And the idea is that if you go, if you kind of switch back and forth between high fat and low fat while maintaining a caloric deficit, your body, you can fuse it to the point where you can in theory, keep doing that longer. I don't know that that's true. I haven't done that, but that's when I've talked about carb cycling, that's kind of the idea behind it. And that's what it is. You, you, you go between high fat and low fat. And, uh, this is all within a caloric deficit. So you're never going to just go. It's not like you wouldn't, um, do keto all week and then eat pizzas because a pizza is both carbohydrates and fat. So th that wouldn't work because you're then just spiking your calories. The idea would be you're doing like a low calorie, but still with a lot of protein, you're doing a low carb 
and then you're just filling your carbohydrate stores on the weekends, basically. But on the weekends, you're you're reducing your fat so your calories stay down. That is my understanding of carb cycling. If you're a professional, you know, cyclist, carb cycling could just be eating like a normal person all week. And then the night before a race, you eat three bowls of pasta. That could be carb cycling too, you know, just like really filling up your your potential stores of glycogen. Thank you for the question, Becky. If you have a question that you'd like me to answer on the podcast, please submit it to AmericanGlutton.net. Thanks for listening to this episode of American Glutton. I'm Ethan Suplee, and as always, joined by my chaperone, Paige Dorian. Follow us on Instagram at American Glutton Podcast. Sincerely. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.